This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Mostly sunny today, high near 25. Snow tonight, low around 19. Snow on Tuesday with a high near 26. A dangerous Arctic blast will continue sweeping across the U.S. and prolong a bitter cold that has set record low temperatures in parts of the country and threatens to further disrupt daily life, including an NFL playoff game and the first in-the-nation presidential nominating contest in Iowa. The National Weather Service's wind chills are expected to push down temperatures through at least midweek possibly to 30 degrees below zero from the northern Rockies to northern Kansas and into Iowa, testing the hardiness of caucus goers willing to brave the deep chill today. Arctic storms have left at least four dead and knocked out electricity to tens of thousands in the northwest, brought snow to the south and wild the northeast with blizzard conditions. On Thursday, Sheriff Fred Akshar of the Broome County Sheriff's Office delivered the 2023 Corrections Progress Report. In his address, Akshar highlighted the positive changes and reforms that have taken place at the correctional facility over the past year. The 2023 Corrections Progress Report outlines over a dozen improvements that have made the facility a safer and healthier environment for everyone involved. The sheriff commended the hard work and dedication of the Corrections Reentry Reform Advisory Group and the staff at the correction facility for their contribution to these positive changes. He emphasized that the facility is now in a much better place and heading in a much better direction than it was a year ago. Authorities say a fourth person has died nearly two weeks after a driver crashed an SUV packed with gas cans near a crowd at New York's council goers in western New York. But authorities said Friday they may never know the driver's motive for what they call an intentional attack. Rochester police say 35-year-old motorist Michael Avery spent several hours in parking lots and other spots near the Kodak Center on the night of the fiery wreck, and he had a replica gun along with canisters of gasoline in his rented car. It killed him, two passengers in another car, and a pedestrian, the death of pedestrian, 54-year-old pedestrian uh, Dawn Everett-Rivette was announced on Friday. An attorney for an upstate New York man accused of fatally shooting a 20-year-old woman with, who was with a group of friends who accidentally turned into his back country driveway called it a terrible accident involving a defective gun as arguments in his murder trial began. Kevin Monaghan is charged with second-degree murder and the death of Kaylin Gillis. Gillis was out with friends who got lost while heading into another person's house on a Saturday night last April. The group's two cars and a motorcycle mistakenly turned into Monaghan's driveway near the Vermont border. Nearly two years after the Old World Deli closed its doors, a new business is opened at the downtown Binghamton location. The deli at 27 Court Street went out of business in March of 2022. The space that had been occupied by the deli now is home to downtown discount beer and market. The new store manager told WNBF News the business opened in late December. 
The shop sells beer and soda, along with a few basic food items like milk, bread, and eggs. The store will increase the number of items it offers in the future and is expected to carry some ice cream items during the summer. The Old World Deli had been one of the oldest businesses on Court Street. The deli had been a fixture at the site just east of Boscov since 1979, nearly five years before the department store opened. Opponents of diversity programs are increasingly banking on an 1866 civil rights law meant to protect black people from economic exclusion as a way to challenge corporate diversity and equity policies as well as funding to black-owned businesses. The cases are being monitored carefully as the battle over racial considerations shifts to the workplace following the U.S. Supreme Court's June ruling ending affirmative action in college admissions. While the 1981 section of the Civil Rights Act of 1866 had been well used, used well before the latest affirmation action ruling to prove reverse discrimination, an attorney for a venture capital fund aimed to help black women said that there's a coordinated use of section 1981 now that we did not see before. A commission reviewing how Pennsylvania distributes money to public schools has approved a report that suggests the state is underfunding its districts by more than $5 billion. Thursday's vote on the report by the Basic Education Funding Commission was backed by Democrats and members of Democratic Governor Josh Shapiro's administration. Republicans and one Democrat on the commission opposed it. The result was a vote of 8 to 7. A key recommendation in the report says the state should begin immediately to close the school funding gap of more than $5 billion and phase in the increases over seven years. A separate Republican report was defeated on party lines. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. Bob Joseph, this is Begin to Now for Monday, January 15th, 2024. 607-772-1290 is the Binghamton Now hotline. Warm it up if you dare. Again, 607-772-1290. We're on the air till noon. Coming up later today, from noon to 3, Dan Boncino. From 3 to 6, Sean Hannity. And from 6 to 9, Mark Levin. And hope you had a swell weekend. Hope you're in a warm place. Physically. (laughs) Maybe mentally as well. Yipes. Wait, I can't say that on the radio. Yipes. <laughs> I said it twice. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, uh, this is a cold snap. For those of you who are unfamiliar with Northeast winters, this is how winters are celebrated in the Parlor City and around 
the region. And, well, much of America. You know, if you listen to David Muir, you would think it was the end of the world as we know it, when in fact it's just another winter in paradise. Let's focus first on the weather, since everybody's talking about it and nobody will do a darn thing about it. Today looks nice. <laughs> I've already been out for over an hour enjoying how good it looks and taking pictures and videos, but uh, don't let the looks fool you. Yes, mostly sunny, high 26, but with the wind chill, it feels very close to zero. Southwest winds about 8 miles an hour. Then tonight, mostly cloudy, snow developing, low 18. Snow accumulation around the Binghamton area less than an inch. And tomorrow, some snow and snow showers with accumulations tomorrow about 2 inches. The high tomorrow, 26. And Wednesday will look nice, but still be cold, sunny, high 21. Right now in downtown Binghamton, it's 12. Or if you want to feel even colder, it's minus 11 Celsius. Here at News Radio, WNBF, WNBF.com. Guidance from the National Weather Service. Light to moderate snow will develop overnight, which could bring snow covered and slippery road conditions for the commute tomorrow morning. So, something to bear in mind. Your winter driving skills may be put to the test tomorrow morning. Then, furthermore, light to moderate snow um, will continue on Tuesday tomorrow, which could bring snow covered and slippery road conditions and total snow accumulations one to three inches by the time the snow exits tomorrow afternoon. So, is this anything to be unduly concerned about? I be inclined to say no. It's not really it's not really something to be too concerned about. On the other hand, if you're in Buffalo, go Bills. Go Bills. The uh, big Bills game has been rescheduled for this afternoon and I know I for one am looking forward to it. Nothing better than a Monday afternoon playoff game. At one point, we uh, were concerned, and when I say we, I mean I was concerned that they could even reschedule the game again and wind up playing on Tuesday afternoon. Well, that didn't happen. One thing I found interesting, and I don't know what to make by it, but or make of it, on uh, the CBS Breakfast Show this morning, uh, someone... I can't remember if it was Gail King or one of the co-anchors. Someone on the CBS Breakfast Show this morning said regarding the rescheduling of the playoff game that was supposed to be Sunday afternoon in Buffalo and now is scheduled to be played this afternoon. Someone on the Breakfast Show at CBS said it was a great decision by CBS and Governor Hochul. I'm <laughs> thinking to myself, of course it was decided by CBS. When it comes to football games or any other major sports production, 
It doesn't have a whole lot to do with the governor or the mayor or a county executive. It has everything, well, mostly everything to do with the people who are paying millions and millions of dollars for the TV rights. So in the end, I think this is the harsh reality. If both teams were in Buffalo, which I think they either were or could have been, I think they were, time for Sunday's game. And if CBS desperately wanted to put the Bills game on their network yesterday, the game would have been played. Ultimately, I would say CBS has the final say in the equation. Obviously, obviously, the optics require CBS ostensibly to be in consultation with the NFL, which basically would do whatever CBS wants because they're getting all that money from the network. And, of course, give the appearance that they're consulting with Governor Hochul and the Erie County Executive and maybe some other local authorities. But in the end, ultimately, if, if CBS had wanted a football game Sunday afternoon, CBS would have gotten it. Now, would they have played it in a mostly empty stadium? Maybe they would have. They might have. Of course, now I'm mainly concerned what happens to Action News tonight. If I want to watch Action News at 5, 5.30, and 6, what can I do? Can I just see football? It's 9.17 at News Radio. WNBF. 607-772-1290. We would love to hear from you. What are you thinking about the weather, about local issues, about crime? Of course, I'm sorry to bring it up, but we must. It's 2024. Politics. What do you think? What do you think about politics? We'll explore everything right here on our Monday program. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. We're still saving the Southern Tier money at Galt Toyota. Twenty WNBF WNBF.com 92.1 FM 12.90 AM Stay connected using the free WNBF app so you can hear us almost anywhere you go. Looking at the WNBF.com website, finally after a couple of years of eerie silence, the spot that had been home to the Old World Deli here in downtown Binghamton, right here in Mr. Joseph's neighborhood. Uh, that spot is active again. Uh, the Old World Deli closed in March 2022. It was a very sad time for many of us in this neighborhood. Been 
basically uh, a fixture at that site for, oh, I don't know, a lot of years. They set up shop at 27 Court Street in 1979. Of course, Old Old World Deli had been at a few other sites in downtown Binghamton. They even had other locations around the area, too, during the 70s. But anyway, finally they... Now have a new business there, and it's a good thing. We have a story about it on WNBF.com with the pictures and the evidence and the details. 922. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Well, it's John from Binghamton. Does that ring your buzzer? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the password is West Side. So- sorry, sorry, Alan. It's... That's... Not a password, that's two words. Anyway, what's on your mind, Johnny? Well, uh, Cram goes to Washington. Uh, Last year he was in a chair that was so close to Biden, he could probably smell him. Uh, Anyway, uh, the mayor of the city, in absence of the mayor, is the president of city council. So we will see if Hadassah goes into the office tomorrow and opens up she should maybe even be in the office today and she may hold a news conference yes and uh she has the complete authority of the mayor uh, in fact she can on a point uh, phil strong now <laughs> i want to she wouldn't do that though because that's not the type of thing she would do well it might cross not- her mind but i don't think she would ever do that because that would set up uh an, an even more intriguing confrontation between City Council and Mayor Cram. Well, uh, this is interesting because Phil Strawn was there one for, uh, I guess it was the initial, m- he sat in the audience. He wasn't there at the subsequent meetings. Now, if I was the mayor and I was cocksure of my the validity of my appointment, I would have Phil Strawn uh, take his chair. Uh, I'd be right up at the thing. I would, I in fact... Yeah, I would, uh, I would bolt a chair down and say, and and put my appointee's name on there. Yeah, I I paid for this chair. Could be, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, they didn't do that. Now, interesting. When Megan Heilman was there at a work session, she refused to answer Rathmel's questions, saying that Cram uh, told her not to ask questions. Well, here's the inter- interesting fact. Uh, speaking of. Uh, no taxation without representation. Uh, Rathmill was the only one in the room. And uh, for her, uh, Megan Heilman, under, under the orders of Jared Cram, to show such disrespect uh, was uh, unbelievable. Now, what did the city council do? Well, the city council went in the next meeting and went along with Cram and got a, a letter from the Corporation Council, you know, our new Corporation Council, the, the former appointed judge who has no experience in municipal law, and they dropped their resolution about hiring their own attorney. So this was a uh, Clint Eastwood-like blink, and, uh, you know, there you go. Here we go again. Mayor Cram rolled city council. They, at, at, In other words, at two minutes to six, this went through a committee, and then all of a sudden, at 6.20 or so, it it became uh, subject to a deal with the mayor. I mean, uh, 
that legislation was either uh, valid or not. And <clears throat> when a council goes against its own legislation, makes an about face like that, it's absolutely ridiculous because uh, there's going to be other matters where they're going to have to have an attorney of their own. So uh, they got hoodwinked. Uh, they're nice people. Uh, in fact, I, 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 it's, it's almost a cr- uh, curated group of people. There's nothing random about it. They belong on wedding cakes, very well spoken. But in this initial foray, uh, Cram backed them into a corner, dazzled them, uh, roped the dopes, and uh, that's what we're going to see. Now, it's interesting. Uh, we're we're going to have about four days of Cram here. Uh, because it started out with uh, a Spectrum News, uh, you know, this interview with this big mayor from Binghamton, this troubled city. But I'd like to remind everybody, when the subject of housing comes up, and Cram brings it up all the time, city council brings it up, let's not forget that the city of Binghamton, through the Binghamton Housing Authority, is the largest uh, apartment, the largest, uh, let's see, payee, of rents by the Department of Social Services. Uh, we have a retired Binghamton Housing Authority head that makes $103,000 in pensions. Uh, is everything at the Binghamton Housing Authority up to snuff? Is it good housing for good people, as the slogan many years ago said it was? You know, I asked Mayor David when he first started on your program, I said, you know, are you going to go and couch surf the Binghamton Housing Authority, see what happens there, and see what it's like? And he said, no. So before we go off with this developer and that developer, let us make sure that all is in order and the tenants are happy and the apartments are clean and safe at the Binghamton Housing Authority. I can't believe that no one has held Cram's feet to the fire because he appoints the board members to the Binghamton Housing Authority. Uh, It's it's like a poor stepchild of the city. You know, they'll get together and and put up a four-family or six-family with government. Might say, oh, look at this, look at this, look at this. But they never take you in to the Binghamton Housing Authority. Uh, uh, Again, the city is the largest landlord in the city of Binghamton. So there you go. All right. Well, as we say on radio, and this isn't... In a cynical way, just to increase our audience, this is because we care about our viewers. Stay tuned. Well, I'm going to stay tuned to your program uh, to hear all the interesting things, the wit, the wisdom, uh, perhaps a travel warning or two. I just can't live without it, Bob. Well, and to that end, who's to say? Remember, the only time Kathy Hochul ever was on the program was because of a winter weather event. Actually, it was, as I recall now, it was technically spring, but it's when we wound up with heavy, wet snow. And that singular event prompted Kathy Hochul to call in. And I didn't even ask her. So stay tuned. You never know. You never know on this program who's going to call in. Just like that one morning about a decade ago when Donald Trump called in. You get a call during the uh, ABC News at 10 o'clock and somebody says to me uh, it's Donald Trump's office. Do you want him to call in after the news? It's one of life's difficult decisions when you're doing live radio and I wasn't able to consult with either local management or corporate. I had to make a, a decision on the spot almost instantaneously. And truth be told, I was not prepared to speak with Donald Trump. 
Now, in the interest of full transparency, I think two or three weeks earlier, I had sent an email to Donald Trump's office requesting an interview. You know how that is. You do that as sort of a formality. You don't you don't think that he's actually going to call a station in Binghampton. But his office did, just out of the blue. And so what am I supposed to say? Well, you know, tell them I, I would love to have Donald Trump on the program, but I'm just not prepared. I can't be ready to speak with him seven minutes from now. But I decided... What the heck? What the heck? Yeah, tell him to call in. We had a great conversation. 9.30, WNBF Binghamton. WNBF Monday morning. I woke up this morning with the sun down shining in. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then I tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind on a jagged sky. I just dropped in. See what condition my condition was in. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition my condition was in. You betcha. Uh, you got a note from someone. Go Steelers. <laughs> what? <laughs> Go Steelers. Go Pittsburgh Steelers. We've got people who are supporting Pittsburgh listening today. Well, everyone is entitled to his opinion. So thank you. Thank you for sharing your opinion. I'll protect the person's privacy. I'll use uh, HIPAA to protect the privacy of that person so he doesn't encounter any sort of uh, trouble. Trouble. We don't want any kind of trouble. Hmm. Now a statement. This is a statement from SUNY. Chancellor King and the SUNY Board of Trustees statement on Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day. I won't read the whole statement. I'll just read the uh, first paragraph. The statement was released about one hour ago. This is the first paragraph of a statement from Chancellor King and the SUNY Board of Trustees. In the decades that have passed since the tragic day Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated in Memphis, Tennessee, the dream for America that he proclaimed on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial has yet to be fully achieved. The nonviolence he taught and preached and the equality for which he fought and suffered are messages we still must carry and standards we still must aspire to as we honor his legacy by striving to create a more inclusive, equitable nation where everyone has a seat at the table. That's the first paragraph. I'll read the or the final paragraph on this national holiday celebrating Dr. King 
SUNY recommits itself to living his legacy by making its communities places of peace, justice, equity, opportunity, acceptance, and love, where all New Yorkers and all people can claim their place and thrive. That is the official message from SUNY, the State University of New York. It's 9.36 at WNBF. About the Binghamton Housing Authority. Hi, Bob. Don't take my word for it because there are public records of all code activity that should be available for review. But as I recall, there were few complaints about the housing managed by any of the not-for-profit organizations who operate subsidized housing units throughout Broome County. Uh, nothing and no one is perfect. I am sure there are many ways that such units could be improved to the benefit of residents and the community as a whole. Nevertheless, those units were not where code issues proliferated. To the contrary, living conditions in privately owned and operated subsidized units were and are horrific in comparison. And he Tommy from Binghamton writes, my comments should not be construed as an endorsement nor a critique of the Binghamton Housing Authority management. But I think that's an interesting assessment. And I hear from quite a few people over the course of a year about housing conditions in the triple cities. And I see uh, conditions very often just in the normal course of reporting. Yes, I'm in the so-called good neighborhoods, places of some of the nicest homes in Broome County, and some of the people who uh, are extremely fortunate. And I'm more often, for news purposes, I'm in some of the most impoverished pockets of Binghamton and Johnson City and Endwell, Endicott and Vestal, and so on. There's a high percentage of poverty right now in Broome County, and specifically in places like Binghamton, Johnson City, and Endicott. It's just the way it is. It's not the fault of anyone in particular, but I see conditions. And I would go so far as to say, generally speaking, the worst conditions when it comes to housing involve properties that are privately owned, especially properties that are owned by entities outside Broome County. It's not to say every local property owner, everybody who has apartments for rent and they live in Broome County, I'm not saying they're all doing an excellent job at maintaining their properties. I'm just saying, generally speaking, the local property owners whether they live right in the Triple Cities or elsewhere in Broome or Tioga Counties, if they're within a 25-mile radius of their property, typically their properties are in relatively good shape. Relatively. Not, not necessarily great, and certainly sometimes far from perfect, I will say the problems, the biggest problems with rental properties in our area almost always seem to involve 
people who are hiding behind LLCs. And I'm not even at the moment going to say, oh, you know who. Well, because you know who wasn't the only one from outside the area who purchased lots of properties, residential and commercial properties, through a series of LLCs. And things didn't end well. There was a measure, and I don't recall all the specific requirements, but I believe, didn't the legislature in 2023 in Albany pass a measure that would have required public disclosure of the people who actually were behind LLCs that own property in New York State? I think they did, and then, if I'm not mistaken, I think... I think it was changed sort of at the last minute, maybe in December. I think that measure was changed. So instead of revealing the names, the actual names of the people responsible for properties in places like Binghamton, Johnson City, Endicott, and Vestal, if the owner is hiding using an LLC, those names no longer will be revealed, or not that they ever were. I think Kathy Hochul didn't like the idea for some reason. I don't remember the specifics. I'll look it up at some point. But uh, when that action was being debated by the legislature, I thought, well, let's hope that gets passed because there's a little bit of a chance, not much of a chance, but something of a chance of some accountability. Because too often, if there's a big problem with an apartment building or sometimes a commercial or industrial building, the owner is listed as an LLC and it could come back to a post office box in Manhattan or Westchester or Orange County or somewhere in California or Florida and trying to discern exactly who is behind the curtain can sometimes be next to impossible. Sometimes if you do enough work, you can figure it out. Of course, once you figure it out, then the real challenge is trying to contact the person or persons responsible. Because usually if they've set, it up, set up an LLC and tried to make it difficult for you to determine who they are, if once you actually do your research and figure out who they are, it's going to be probably highly unlikely that you'll be able to get them on the phone. Although it's happened, I recall a couple of cases where you know, it took a while but actually got property owners on the phone. And in a couple cases, I know, people actually, once, once I tracked them down and once they made the mistake of answering their phone, in some cases, they at least answered some questions and said, well, I intend to fix up that property. I know one case in particular in Endicott where the owner told me she intended to fix up the property. Well... 
sounded good when we spoke. Uh, I drove by the property last Thursday. It hasn't been fixed up, but what can you do? It's 944. Bob Joseph on your side. 92.1 FM, 1290 AM and streaming at WNBF.com. Nine forty-eight WNBF. John, uh, ma- make that William, <laughs> William in Binghamton. Good morning. You're on the air. Doing. Oh uh, yeah, I wanted to comment on the uh, property uh, taxes and the way properties look in Broome County. Uh, years ago, I put a letter to the editor about uh, evaluate prop or evaluate properties. People don't move their properties basically because their taxes goes up. That's kind of stupid. You have a 2,000-square-foot house. And why would your taxes go up because you improved the house? You're not using any more square footage. What they should do is reevaluate the tax system. This is what I wrote about. A quick comment. Uh, I had three tax assessors about 30 years ago look at a property, one from Kirkwood, one from... Vestal, I think it was, the one from Binghamton. They all reassessed that property, completely different prices. None of them agreed, even though there's three assessors. They were all like made to $30,000 off from each other. They should do it square footage. The reason I say that is, say you go into a parking spot downtown, it doesn't matter if you put a Corvette in there or, or a Volkswagen. You pay the same amount for that square footage that you use should be done the same way. Should, you know, uh, let's take a residential. It's 25 cents a square foot. Okay, now you've got a 2,000 square foot house down there. Okay, you figure out what your tax is for the land and for the house and leave it at that. Now, if you want to improve your house, move on, put siding on, put new windows, this shouldn't go up. It should the same. Now, say you want to add on something to your house, like a room or uh, a porch. Okay, it's a 200-square-foot porch. You multiply that out by the straight square footage, you know exactly how many taxes you're, how much taxes you're going to pay. This tax system they have is so stupid. That's why people don't put money into their houses. Because I remember one time there was an article in the paper in, uh, on the south side of Binghamton. She put a roof on her house and her taxes went way up. You need a roof. Is that making your house more better you know it's you well, the same square footage well you would, you would think that uh municipalities would want to incentivize people to invest in their properties properly maintain them or even uh upgrade them to make them look even nicer to make all of our neighborhoods more attractive if it, if there was some incentive instead of a disincentive as you describe if Say some in some of the, I don't like using this phrase, but it it applies in some of the worst neighborhoods around here. If people um, weren't going to be penalized by fixing up their properties, if the assessment wasn't going to go up from what it is uh, now, they might they might do a little bit more to to keep the places uh, more livable. Would that's why you you should have a tax system based on square footage, okay? 
once you establish the square footage, but you pay. Now, say you put a swimming pool up. Okay, you use some more square footage. You could charge a little extra tax. A guy out the agricultural, out the farmland, he's got a barn that's fallen down. He's not going to touch it. He doesn't want to make his land look better. He'll leave it up. But if he takes it down, say it was, I don't know, 10,000 square foot barn, he'd get a break on his taxes. You could establish a rate for each zone. Like agricultural could be a dollar square foot. Uh, or I'm sorry, industrial could be a dollar square foot. Agricultural, quarter square foot, neighborhood. What you, that's what people want. They would put money into their house if they know if they're just improving their house without getting a tax raise. They expand it, they pay extra tax. Even say you put a shed up, okay, 25 cents a square foot, say in a residential area, 200 square foot shed, right? Taxes go up what? 25 or uh, for that? Who would do it? Tax system is ridiculous. To have one guy come around and evaluate your prop, your price of your house should have nothing to do with your taxes. People, you know, like you could have you could have the same house that looks like the Taj Mahal or the dump. Square footage, guy with the Taj Mahal's paying ten times the taxes because his house looks better. But this guy living in a dump, same amount of room as you do. This whole tax system needs to be. Evaluate. You know how much square footage there is in Broome County. All you got to do is go look it up. But the question is, since in any municipality, whether city of Binghamton, town of Union, whatever, any municipality, what would the net impact be? Say if if suddenly, I don't think they would do it suddenly, but say if they announced that starting in two years, 2026, starting then, tax rates, property tax rates would be based on the the formula you suggest, just based on square footage, what impact would it have on real property owners? Say, if you're paying, I'm just throwing a number out now, say you're paying $5,000 in property taxes this year on a property, then in two years, if they switch over to that system, for the average person, would they be paying more or less? So that would work. Oh, you know how much money you need, right, for the year? That's why you base your property taxes on that? But that's what I mean. You know how much money. So whether it's, say, the city of Binghamton or town of Union or town of Vestal, you know how much money you need, say, for the 2026 budget. So then you apply that, put the formula to work that you proposed, and then figure it out. I would like to know because if it if it wasn't going to have a huge negative impact on a lot of people, maybe they could do it. If say somebody was paying $5,000 in property taxes this year, and then in 2026, suddenly it went to $8,000, I could see where there would be an outcry. I'd, on the other hand, if it went from $5,000 to $2,000, a lot of people, maybe people would support it. I'm just wondering what the net impact would be on, on some localities around here the problem you'd have a little bit that i could see is like these older houses that are huge okay they're run down they would probably end up paying a little bit more well they would be they probably would pay a lot more and think about some of the people who live that's an excellent point some people are living in an older home and they've been there maybe for several decades and if suddenly their their property taxes go up they're already probably facing 
uh, huge cost in terms of general maintenance and also certainly for utilities. Let's face it, how much does it cost to, to heat and cool one of those big older homes that aren't very energy efficient? So I don't know. I don't know if that's the idea you proposed is feasible. Here's the other thing. You can still figure it out and make it reasonable, even though it might go up a little bit. But you can also make up money by the amount of services. Like, say, if you live on a bus route, you have fire protection, uh, you have sewer, you have water. You could charge for each of those services also, you know, to kind well, of balance that out. Right. That's well, something worth discussing. Appreciate your call. We've got the news coming up next and then another hour of live open lines for you right here on Binghamton Now. I'm Bob Joseph on News Radio WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221EJ Binghamton, a town square. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Mostly sunny today, high near 25. Snow tonight, low around 19. Snow on Tuesday with a high near 26. A dangerous Arctic blast will continue sweeping across the U.S. and prolong a bitter cold that has set record low temperatures in parts of the country and threatens to further disrupt daily life, including an NFL playoff game and the first in-the-nation presidential nominating contest in Iowa. The National Weather Service's wind chills are expected to push down temperatures through at least midweek, possibly to 30 degrees below zero from the northern Rockies to northern Kansas and into Iowa, testing the hardiness of caucus goers willing to brave the deep chill today. Arctic storms have left at least four dead and knocked out electricity to tens of thousands in the northwest, brought snow to the south and wild the northeast with blizzard conditions. On Thursday, Sheriff Fred Akshar of the Broome County Sheriff's Office delivered the 2023 Corrections Progress Report. In his address, Akshar highlighted the positive changes and reforms that have taken place at the correctional facility over the past year. The 2023 Corrections Progress Report outlines over a dozen improvements that have made the facility a safer and healthier environment for everyone involved. The sheriff commended the hard work and dedication of the Corrections Reentry Reform Advisory Group and the staff at the Correction Facility for their contribution to these positive changes. He emphasized that the facility is now in a much better place and heading in a much better direction than it was a year ago. Authorities say a fourth person has died nearly two weeks after a driver crashed an SUV packed with gas cans near a crowd at New York's council goers in western New York. But authorities said Friday they may never know the driver's motive for what they call an intentional attack. Rochester police say 35-year-old motorist Michael Avery spent several hours in parking lots and other spots near the Kodak Center on the night of the fiery wreck, and he had a replica gun along with canisters of gasoline in his rented car. It killed him, two passengers in another car, and a pedestrian, the death of pedestrian, 54-year-old pedestrian uh, Dawn Everett uh, was announced on Friday. 
An attorney for an upstate New York man accused of fatally shooting a 20-year-old woman with, who was with a group of friends who accidentally turned into his backcountry driveway called it a terrible accident involving a defective gun as arguments in his murder trial began. Kevin Monaghan is charged with second-degree murder and the death of Kaylin Gillis. Gillis was out with friends who got lost while heading into another person's house on a Saturday night last April. The group's two cars and a motorcycle mistakenly turned into Monaghan's driveway near the Vermont border. Nearly two years after the Old World Deli closed its doors, a new business is opened at the downtown Binghamton location. The deli at 27 Court Street went out of business in March of 2022. The space that had been occupied by the deli now is home to downtown discount beer and market. The new store manager told WNBF News the business opened in late December. The shop sells beer and soda, along with a few basic food items like milk, bread, and eggs. The store will increase the number of items it offers in the future and is expected to carry some ice cream items during the summer. The Old World Deli had been one of the oldest businesses on Court Street. The deli had been a fixture at the site just east of Boscov since 1979, nearly five years before the department store opened. Opponents of diversity programs are increasingly banking on an 1866 civil rights law meant to protect black people from economic exclusion as a way to challenge corporate diversity and equity policies as well as funding to black-owned businesses. The cases are being monitored carefully as the battle over racial considerations shifts to the workplace following the U.S. Supreme Court's June ruling ending affirmative action in college admissions. While the 1981 section of the Civil Rights Act of 1866 had been well used, used well before the latest affirmation action ruling to prove reverse discrimination, an attorney for a venture capital fund aimed to help black women said that there's a coordinated use of section 1981 now that we did not see before. A commission reviewing how Pennsylvania distributes money to public schools has approved a report that suggests the state is underfunding its districts by more than $5 billion. Thursday's vote on the report by the Basic Education Funding Commission was backed by Democrats and members of Democratic Governor Josh Shapiro's administration. Republicans and one Democrat on the commission opposed it. The result was a vote of 8 to 7. A key recommendation in the report says the state should begin immediately to close the school funding gap of more than $5 billion and phase in the increases over seven years. A separate Republican report was defeated on party lines. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. Bob Joseph, you're listening to Binghamton Now on a Monday morning on WNBF.
607-772-1290. That is our number. Wow, monster trucks. Can we please have a monster truck show at the arena? <laughs> what brings me to this? Well, they apparently had a monster truck uh, show in Albany, and it sounds like fun. Let me clarify. It sounds like it would be fun for people who like monster trucks. Now, I'm not saying if they put a monster truck show at the arena, I'm not saying I would go. My ears can't tolerate that. That kind of noise. But uh, a monster truck party <laughs> returned to the arena in downtown Albany over the weekend. This is according to uh, Albany Times Union staff photographer Lori Van Buren. It's a nice twist. They have a newspaper in Albany as a staff photographer. All newspapers should have a staff photographer. Anyway, Lori Van Buren went to the Monster Truck Party at the arena in Albany to take some pictures. And let me just uh, page through some of the pictures here. Uh, loud trucks compete during the Monster Truck Party at the arena in Albany. That's the caption on the first, and it shows evidently what's some kind of a big truck. It looks to me, oh, what it is, they're driving this oversized truck over some vehicles and crushing, crushing the top part of other vehicles. So I guess the point is, why, why take your old vehicle down to the scrapyard in a Wego when you could turn it over to the monster truck party and have them drive over your Pinto or your Santa Maria or your Yugo and uh, people could watch. <laughs> I don't understand. That's entertainment. Let me check the next picture. Oh, here's a picture of a kid. Uh, five-year-old kid wears ear protection as he watches the monster truck party at the arena in Albany. All right, well, I guess I understand why five-year-old kids might find it fascinating. Next picture, please. It's like the uh, old slideshow. Oh, here's one. A Megasaurus <laughs> shoots flames out of its mouth as it destroys a car with its jaws during the monster truck party at the Albany Arena. It sounds a bit dangerous. Here's when T-shirts are shot into the audience during the monster truck party. Well, it's, you're taking a page out of the uh, Rumble Ponies. They shoot uh, T-shirts into the audience. That's, that's another thing, too. You look at America today, and if you're not familiar with our culture, if somebody just showed you a picture, say you were from France or... Or where? Uh, Havana. And you saw people going wild for cheap T-shirts being shot out of a T-shirt cannon. You wonder what, what, kind of, what kind of a country is this USA today? Let's see. More pictures. Trucks compete. Feel sorry for Lori Van Buren of the Times Union. She was trying desperately to come up with original captions for all the pictures she took. And it... At one point, it looks like she just gave up. 
Because what can you say about monster trucks crushing old cars? But I'm looking at this one picture. It looks to the untrained eye, to the uninitiated, people who are outside the monster truck orbit, it looks like it's actually dangerous. It looks like the monster truck was on the verge of flipping over, but I'm, I'm sure it wasn't about to get anybody hurt. Still, as I say, if they want to do a monster truck party at the arena or maybe at the forum, <laughs> monster truck party at the forum, yeah. Where else could they do it? Atsuningo. In March. A monster truck party at Atsuningo Park. It's 1015. This is Bob Joseph coming up with only the best ideas. 607-772-1290. Let me know about your weekend. Did you have as much fun as I did? Hope you had fun. It was fun for me. I mean, it's not, it wasn't the same level of fun as two weekends ago, but as weekends go, it was, it was uh, quite high on the funometer. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hey, Bob. Robin Port Crane. How you doing? Oh, great. What's up? Good. I I talked to you about a week ago about the uh, the, the deaths from those Pfizer shots, right, and the, the database that they, they were slowly leaking out. There was an update from uh, New Zealand. There's a guy, I couldn't get his name, but he was in charge of their vaccine database. He had the administrator for their national health agency. And anyway, he put out this information. And, uh, it's was, the website. He, Give me the website. You know the drill. Website. I have um, to check this. Because to be honest with you, after you called last week, I, I didn't find much to corroborate what you were saying on, on the... Uh, on the web. So what's the website that has the New Zealand update? Oh, let's see here. Axios did a story about Axios. it. Axios? I'm not online right now. We're right, screwing up our phone call. Axios. I put, here's what I did. I typed in Axios, New Zealand, and Pfizer. And the last story that pops up from Axios is October 2021. Oh, no, no so, this was back in December. Yeah, nothing... I don't know. Maybe I've, maybe I need to get Google Plus. Well, how about if you check Liz Gunn? She he did an interview with Liz Gunn, and that's what got him arrested. Liz Gunn. L I Z G U N N. Liz Gunn. Yep. Who's she? She's an Australian journalist, just like you, Bob. Oh, now I see her. Does she ever come to the U.S.? I don't think so. Darn. Yeah, um, darn. She's really good. <laughs> well, I. Elizabeth, a real name, according to the internet, is Elizabeth Jane Cooney, but apparently she is better known as Liz Gunn. She's leader of the New Zealand Loyal Party, an anti-vaccination activist, conspiracy theorist, and a former <laughs> tele... I'm, I'm, don't, don't, don't be mad at me. I'm just reading the no, Wikipedia that, entry. And a former television presenter from New Zealand. Wikipedia? What? Wikipedia? Wow. Come on, That's the man. Worst. It is the worst, but... Wikipedia is the worst. It it's is the worst. It's run by the CIA, well, in case you didn't know that. Well, 
But do you want to hear about the, what this Wait. guy released, Bob? No, because about I w- two, say, no. Well, okay, tell well, me. Let's talk about let's talk about Joe Biden allowing a journalist, a U.S. journalist, Gonzalo Lira, to be murdered in a Ukrainian jail. You want to talk about that, or do you want to talk about Zelensky's mother-in-law paid five million cash for a home in Greece, and then the reporter was beaten to death? Do you want to talk about that? What do you want to talk about, Bob? Let's talk about Iowa. Iowa. Donald Trump's going to win by a mile. Well, and of he course should. he is. I, I, well, of course I agree he with should. My friend, DJ. DJ hey, I, I agree. Right. I agree with you and DJ. He's going to win by two miles. But not I, not I a mile. Before. He's going to. He he is going to be so <laughs> far out ahead of uh, who's who's what's her name? The one who is apparently now number two with the. Oh, uh, uh, John McCain's daughter. There. Uh, no, not uh, Liz Cheney. No, no, not, not Cheney. The other one, the other warmonger, well, Nikki, Nikki. Yeah, Nikki Never Haley. Nikki. She used to work for the UN. So um, no, she didn't work for <laughs> the UN. Boeing, she, in Boeing, Lockheed. <laughs> uh-huh. Hey, never, never disparage Lockheed on this program. A lot of our listeners are Lockheed employees, so keep that in mind. Yeah, I kept that in mind. Okay. Hey, did you ever look into that Tim Burchett interview or Madison Cawthorn? No. Where they talked about the honeypot operations? There's something Cawthorn. wrong with my internet. It's not getting as many good sites as you get. I probably... I don't know where you're getting. Go to DuckDuckGo, Bob. Search there, for God's sakes. Go to Bit. I don't like DuckDuckGo. Here's, oh. here's my question about DuckDuckGo. How exactly do they make money? How, what supports them? No idea. See, that's what I, this is why I'm suspicious. I, I've got a couple of associates who uh, are part of the WNBF focus group because we have to focus on what we're going to talk about. So we usually get together once a week or so to focus. And that person also is a very big supporter of DuckDuckGo, but nobody will explain to me exactly how they're making money because if, if they're so good, and I'm not saying they're not good, I mean, clearly they're better than Google, but, you know, so so is uh, Turkey Spam. But but I, I still am a little concerned about what the deal is with DuckDuckGo. Who is behind them? For all we know, it could be Satan. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, no, I mean, seriously. Did you ever wonder? Oh, yeah, I always wonder. I, I try to check aren't you, things out Aren't you suspicious? Can, but- of, of an enterprise, because what does DuckDuckGo charge you to use their search engine? They don't charge anything. Nobody See, does. Because okay. you're the product. You are the product. Yeah, That's but supposedly they they're supposedly they're better than Google because they supposedly aren't tracking all of your searches. So exactly how do they make money? I mean, I know how Google makes money. They pay attention to every word or every phrase we search, and then they monetize that by selling the information to uh, good quality advertisers like Crest Toothpaste. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Everybody Bob, that, likes that's, toothpaste. That's kind of not, not where I was headed with I, that conversation. I wanted to talk about what Madison Cawthorn said. Just one more point and I'll hang on. Hold on. Madison Cawthorn. Madison. He's a former congressman, Bob. Oh, I see. Cawthorn. Former U.S. representative from I no, from North Carolina. Yep, that's right. He's 28 years old. He, he was the youngest one ever elected when he was 26. But he, he looks like no uh, he looks like what's his face on CNN. No, not what's his face on CNN. 
he used to work for CNN. Now he works for the Fox. That's who he looks like. Well, he and Tim Burchett both agree. They both did interviews, and they both said that these these people in both parties, in, in the House and the, in the Congress, they're corrupted by honeypot operations, Bob, that are conducted by intelligence agencies. And Cawthorn even went as far to say that he was told that you need to support, and he knows others who have been told by someone in, in a nice suit who walks up to him and says, hey, you need, to, you need to vote for this new FBI headquarters or else. That's what they're doing to these guys. That's why they're, they're voting the way they vote. They're all corrupted, it looks like, Bob. Well, they can't all be corrupted. Well, look at Chuck Schumer. What the hell's he ever done for me or you? Nothing. And well, keep voting for, me, for me, as, from a news standpoint, yeah. he provides lots of fodder for Monday news when otherwise we'd have nothing to fill the newscast. Well, I'd like to hear him. I'd like to hear him come out and talk about those tunnels he just found underneath that synagogue in New York City. That's a I'd good like question. What? That. What? That's an interesting story, and I still don't understand why. Why were those young people building t tunnels under the synagogue? Why did they do that? Do you? Do I you know? They're trafficking. I believe they're trafficking children, or they're tra trafficking drugs. I mean, like like the pizza place. <laughs> I like, don't know about like the pizza, pizza place, Bob. Whatever that pizza place, and all right. Well, I appreciate your call, and I'll. Uh, one thing I will try to find out is more about Madison Cawthorn, because I really know little about him, but I need to find out. It's ten twenty-three WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety is the WNBF hotline. It is Monday morning, and I apologize in advance for the cold weather this week. It's almost too cold for comfort. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM twelve ninety. Also available at ninety two point one FM. Save in a big way at Galt Chevrolet. First news. WNBF Live at 1026. Bob Investel, you're on the air. That song right there is one of the best songs ever written. Well, well, well written, well performed, yeah, and well produced. Bob Welch, oh, baby. Bob Welch did that. This local band that we used to go two years ago did that song so good. The house would just, yeah. I mean, they sounded so good when they did that. Perfect. Oh, what's this duck duck go? Isn't that a children's game? No, it's a search engine. Yeah, it's that a kid, drives me nuts. It's a kid's game. I know game. what it is. I okay. see the advertisement. No, I don't. I, I don't like, like the name either. And it may go, be duck duck go. What? I'm not into these computer things. I don't have a self. I don't have any. I think we've really lost our mind when all that stuff took over. Nobody knows what to do anymore except look at that screen. It drives me nuts. We're I, addicted, man. I'm not. I don't care about that. I go out and go for a walk or something. What? You know, maybe see a deer or something. Go down by the river. What are these people staring at that screen for? Anyway, that's not why I called. Every time Rob from Port Crane calls, you fact-check everything he says. 
I noticed that. But then if Matt Ryan calls and talks for 15 minutes, you don't ever say, Matt, wait a minute. How about this? This isn't true. That's my problem with this show. I mean, well, I try to. Yeah, that's, you know, that's neither here nor there. What do you think about Iowa? What do you think is going to happen? I don't care. I'm so sick of hearing about that. I no, I don't care. But uh, what about Iowa? Yeah, like I said, I could care. Well, I mean, obviously we know who's going to win, but that's that's to be expected. She's met Romney in a dress. Oh, you're talking about Nikki Haley? Yeah, I can't stand her. Well, what's not to like? She's um, intelligent. She's got good experience, especially when it comes to foreign policy. But even as... Um, wasn't she the governor? So as as the governor, she has to be good. Globalist. She goes A globalist? What what do you mean by that? Uh what's going on in our country right now is globalism. Right. Nobody cares about America anymore. They care about Well, we all care about we all care about America. We all do. You, me, Everybody yeah, listening. Everybody listening about, loves America. I'm talking about the people with the billions of dollars. They're running everything, and they don't care about anybody except more money. It makes me sick. Well, those, now, now, you, people, now you went and indicted the former guy. How did those people get billions? I know how he did it. He built buildings. No, I know how he did it, because his record since the early 80s is pretty well documented. Well, like Zuckerberg, big deal. He come out with some computer stuff and he's a billionaire? Well, he came up with the idea of Bookface, so? Yeah, it was the most original from? idea. That at, at least he wasn't busy selling real estate in Queens. So what? What's wrong? Here you go again. I'm telling you, you can't lay off Trump for one day. Oh, well, I can't. I, You're right. I can't because now this is, I did my best in 2023 to ignore yeah. him. But now <laughs> now it's the presidential election year. It's the most important story of our day. That, oh, I mean, between I got, now and November. I got one more thing to say. I remember before that last election, this guy called and said, OK, if Biden wins, are you going to hold him accountable like you do Trump? Oh, yeah, yeah. I have never heard you knock Biden now in three years. And you promised that guy, oh, God. Oh, but one of the reasons you haven't is because you don't listen every day. So my sense is that the days you don't listen are the days I'm holding Joe Biden's feet, figuratively speaking, to the fire. Because I want him to do a lot better than he's done. He, he uh, had so much promise when he was elected, clearly he was elected by more than 7 million people in November 2020. So there was so much promise on January 20th, 2021, when he was sworn in. And I think he has disappointed a lot of people. I don't think he got 80,000 votes. No, he got 80 million. You know, and, um, that next election's already in the bag, a friend of mine said. He said, Bob, they already got the votes stashed in warehouses what? somewhere. Don't You're saying they rigged it for Trump? Yep. No, for that idiot. No, they rigged it. If anything, if it's going to be rigged, it's probably going to be rigged for Trump because look at all the states, Republican-controlled states that have made changes over the last two years to their election laws so they could rig it for him. What happened the last one? You don't mention that, do you? No, because a lot of courts looked into that. There were dozens of accusations, and in every case where it went to a court, 
courts basically tossed it out. Uh, yeah. Well, appreciate your call, as always. It's 1032 WNBF, the station that cares about everyone personally and profusely. Now, as far as if, seriously, if, if there are irregularities in this year's vote, I do want them investigated by the appropriate authorities. 607-772-1290. That is the Binghamton Now number. This is Monday, January 15th. Live and local. WNBF. WNBF, America's hottest talk radio station, even in the middle of winter. Who is the music director here anyway? I'd like to have a word with her. Why is she picking out these songs? Probably based on research. I bet they do research. I bet that's how they figure out. They do the research. They run, what do they call it, listening sessions or whatever. I bet that's how they decide what songs to play. Don't want to leave anything to chance, do we? Here's the weather forecast from the National Weather Service. Highly skilled weather professionals. High atop the Mount Ettrick. It is, their forecast says, it is cold. Wow, it is cold. Cold today and cold for the foreseeable future. Okie dokie. Mostly sunny today, 27. Cloudy tonight, snow likely, 18. Snow accumulation overnight, less than one inch. Tomorrow, snow and snow showers. 26 tomorrow, snow accumulation, about 2 inches. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, 11, and mostly sunny Wednesday, 21. Right now in downtown Binghamton, it's 17. That's minus 8 Celsius. So here's the hazardous weather guidance from the Weather Service. Light to moderate snow will develop overnight, which could bring snow, covered, and slippery road conditions for tomorrow's commute. Then... During the day tomorrow, light to moderate snow will continue, and that could bring snow-covered and slippery road conditions. Total snow accumulations of 1 to 3 inches by the time the snow exits tomorrow afternoon. Again, right now, downtown 17 at News Radio, WNBF. Well, the New York Post is always good for solid 
radio material. Let's see what they have <laughs> on their website. You have to pick their stories. You have to be very careful about what stories from the post you... Oh, here's one about a notorious monster. Notorious monster may be released. I don't think we're going to touch that story. Here's one. Queen Elizabeth was infuriated. No, there's another one to avoid. Uh, Peacock sets record with streaming only playoff game. I didn't realize... I'm going to click on that, which is exactly... Well, maybe I'll click on it later. I didn't realize... To be honest with you, I didn't realize there was a streaming-only playoff game that... At first blush, that sounds un-American. Isn't it in the Constitution that all playoff games ought to be available to everyone? But apparently not. A playoff game that was streamed only. Now, there's something Chuck Schumer ought to focus on. If he wants to be a game changer, come up with legislation that says all playoff games must be available to all Americans, not just the people with cash. Let's take another call. Good morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Bob. DJ from Binghamton. How are you doing today? Excellent. I wondered if you heard of Michael King. Do you know about Michael King? What did he do? A lot of people don't. don't. What did he do? Michael King was a pastor of a church, and he went to Germany. He was very enthralled with the Reverend Martin Luther King, or Martin Luther, who was a German evangelist who hired my ancestors, the Skritzatsas, which means word setter, to print out his Martin Luther Bible in 1522. My ancestors printed that out of Mainz, Germany. So anyway, he came back after studying about Martin Luther uh, in Germany, and he changed his and his son's names from Michael King and Michael King Jr. to Martin Luther King and Martin Luther King Jr. So their original names were Michael, and a lot of people don't know that. So I say that to say, happy Michael Luther King Day, and celebrate tonight when they have the Price Chopper free cake and water at the freezing cold tabernacle methods do you ever go to that box no you never go to that do you no media don't usually show up at that well i think they want to give people their privacy (laughs) i showed up at one i'll tell you i can't remember i can't remember what year it was but Ah. i do i do distinctly remember one year i i covered the observances of Martin Luther King Jr. Day. I think it's before it was a national holiday, but of course in downtown Binghamton for many, many decades, there have been observances. And so they had, uh, I believe, a march from the Martin Luther King promenade over Mm -hmm. to, I think it was probably to the church there at the corner of Main and Front. But, and I didn't, I don't think I went to the event that was in the church i covered you know some of the comments that were made at the gathering at the promenade and then i i trudged back to the station because that's back when i used to work nights back when night radio news was was a thing so you know it's been a long time and so i trudged back and it was a day uh pretty much as cold as this maybe even colder 
and I yeah, I was felt I was filled with optimism and warm thoughts because so many people, I think hundreds of people had gathered on a very cold night to celebrate the legacy of Martin Luther King Jr. So I was thinking, well, it was nice to see a good cross-section of people from the Binghamton area gathering to remember the life and the work that Martin Luther King Jr. did. And then as I was about to get back to the station, which at the time was located in the well-known Security Mutual building, uh, a guy, a guy bumped into another guy, or no, a guy bumped into a woman, and then that woman's boyfriend got mad, so he slashed the one guy in the neck. And I, I haven't seen as much congealed blood on Court Street since then. It, I mean, there was blood all over the place. And uh, I don't mind telling you, it's kind of scary when you're going back. I don't know what time it was. It was probably maybe 7.30 or 7.45 on a January night. Again, the temperature was probably colder than it is here. So if you know about what happens with blood when it's spurting from someone's neck after they've been slashed, um, suffice to say, it's not a good thing. And so the police came, the ambulance came, they saved the life of the man who was slashed, who had the audacity to bump into the other guy's girlfriend. And then they hauled the assailant off to the police station and they interviewed him and, and then filed appropriate charges. But uh, that is probably the most memorable Martin Luther King Jr. observance I, I can recall in Binghamton. And it's sad that it involved yeah, uh, a guy a guy behaving poorly. But, you know, but that sort of, uh, it shows even as we celebrate the life and the work of um, one of the world's greatest peacemakers that uh, there's still a lot of work to be done because we still, we're human and sometimes we react badly to the, the mildest provocation. Well, in 1989, I was an evangelist and they had it at the Main Street Baptist Church on the corner of Chestnut and Main across from uh, former Horizons. And I went to that and there was no... Price chopper. I don't think that, that it was around. There was no free cake or water, but it was really good. There was a good speaker. So I've been going since '89, but uh, you know it's changed a lot since, and they have new leadership. And I'm probably not going tonight. So, uh, but anyway, remember the Great American after it was the Victory Market on Main Street. Yeah, two hundred one Main Street. There now, there's a store, and I I was always proud to buy stuff at the Great American because I thought it was my patriotic duty. <laughs> to buy my food, because that's yeah. back when I I lived pretty close to there. Your man that comes out at three o'clock, John Hannity. He started that Great American Food Store. Anyway, this dude walked by. He looked at this dude's girlfriend. Just looked at her, you know, and 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 looked back at her. And he pulled a knife off a display case and slashed him all up. He only got like five to ten. I was shocked. Well, our justice si our justice system isn't perfect. I don't know. I've I've mentioned on occasion. I don't think I would be a good judge because even people convicted of some of the most heinous crimes, I might believe, and I do believe in redemption, so it'd be very difficult for me to sentence anyone, even for a, a really violent crime, to sentence them to a long time in prison because I don't think 
generally speaking, even if people really deserve to be put away, generally speaking, I don't think prison does anyone much of a service. It just makes someone who already probably had anger management issues probably made makes him even more angry. And let's face it, except for the most egregious cases, you're not going to put somebody away for life. Very, very few people are ever sentenced to life in prison. So that means at some point, even if they get a long term for a heinous crime, at some point they're going to be back on the streets, probably of Binghamton. The only difference is they'll have had an extra seven or ten years to think about how mad they are and probably, well, not probably, but possibly um, act out violently again. So I'm not, I'm not convinced uh, locking people up for long periods of time is, is the solution. I mean, it certainly, it can certainly be argued, while the good part, if you put somebody away for several years, they're it not going to... It does protect the people yeah. of the community. That part is true. That guy was a friggin' nut. The reason that you got... <sighs> well, I, I wouldn't, you know, see, that's... I mean... That's your opinion, but I wouldn't classify someone like that. Well, let's put it this way. Yeah, he had anger issues. But the reason that he got a light sentence is because the guy that he slashed up really bad to his face, I mean, it was crazy, Was uh, had a bad criminal record. Now, had that been a judge's son or a DA's son, you know, he would have got the maximum. Well, and that's but, another thing, though, about our criminal justice system I that's unfair. That. If, I know. If, it's, if the victim is a high-profile person... That's factored in, um, and if it turns out the victim was someone who's unknown and maybe homeless, it's like, oh, well, you know, uh, 60 days. Whereas if it's somebody who's high profile or related to someone who's connected, oh, well, 10 to 20 years. Mm. That's sad but true, but, you know. I'm not criticizing the justice system. I'm just observing. It's 1048. This is Bob Joseph here for you, the home viewer. 607-772-1290. What is on your mind? Do tell me. I'm here till noon. Give me a call. Ten fifty one, broadcasting from a mysterious studio. Bob Joseph live on WNBF. Gary from Binghamton's West Side. Good morning. You're on the air. Anytime someone can create change through peace. I'm a, I'm a supporter of that. So, I support Martin Luther King Jr. You know, on his, on his day, he he was a peaceful man that wanted to promote change. That's the way I see him. I agree. Tonight, at, yeah, and tonight at Tabernacle, if you support peace and change, you know, you could go down there and uh, you can pray for change. You can. Enjoy the service that's going to be there. There's going to be politicians there. I think the lieutenant governor's coming, Bob. I mean, that's a pretty big deal. Delgado? Oh, really? I think he's, well, I remember, so. remember he was in the studio here about two weeks before he was named lieutenant governor. Oh, yeah. no, I don't remember. Yeah, that. I, so, 
I have fond memories, but I haven't spoken with him since. But at, at some point, now that I think about it, I'll put in a request because he, he actually, here's the thing, Antonio Delgado seemed to actually like this program, and he even seemed to like the host. So, Wow. Yeah. So maybe he's That's just a good actor. <laughs> maybe I could put in a word with uh, Lieutenant Governor Delgado and see if I could maybe get uh, uh, Kathy Hochul on. Hey, give it a shot. Dollar and Donald is going to be there tonight. Yep, a dollar and a dream. Our beloved, our, our beloved mayor is going to be there with various people from the Binghamton area that has good things to say. So, you know, I did want to talk about uh, the election also, Bob. So we know what's going to happen. Right? So Donald Trump, there's two things that's going to happen. He's either going to win or he's going to say that he won. Those are the two things that's going to happen there. But I don't think it's that most people who would uh, vote for Trump, they don't really like Trump as much as they can't stand the Democrats. They can't stand Biden. Now, I, I watch uh, Donald Trump speak, and he doesn't really say what he's going to do. He just says how bad things are now. That's what he does. He just keeps repeating it over and over again. Biden's horrible. Biden's horrible. Biden's horrible. I guess he's going to repeat that until November, hoping that that's going to do it. And it will with most people because most people, they don't really know what he's going to do. They just want to – they all agree that Biden's bad. Biden's horrible. And, you know, I would like to know how he's going to change things. He isn't. I, I mean, like the way he's going to change things is exactly the way – he changed things the first time he had a chance. He didn't change a lot of stuff for the better. So, yeah, some things will get changed. And then some of the things that people really didn't like during his first term, well, the sky's the limit. Then uh, with a second term, the, the guy doesn't have to answer to anyone at that point. So whether or not he would be a dictator only on day one or if he would be a dictator for four full years – Technically, it wouldn't make a difference. He'd, he'd be able to do essentially whatever he wants because he would just pardon himself on, on the final day in office. Whatever crimes he <laughs> committed. I'm serious. He could, well, he could. No, it's, it's that ridiculous. It really you know, is. He, you could know, go, he could go out on Fifth possible. Avenue. He could go out on Fifth Avenue with a weapon and, and sort of do a music video illustrating what he was talking about several years ago. And then he could pardon oh, himself. Shot someone. Yeah, I know. He shot someone. Oh, that's yeah. just Donald B. Oh, you know. And then, you know, his supporters would say, well, take a look at the people he shot. They deserved it, probably. So, you know, that's, that's the sad reality. But anyway, appreciate your call. It's going to be a fun year. It will be. All right. Bye. Stay tuned. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a fun year. Uh, everybody bears watching. Uh, Joe Biden, you better keep a close eye on him. Donald Trump, you better keep a close eye on him. Both of them. You better keep a close eye on both of them. That's all I can tell you. It's 1056. Bob Joseph live on News Radio WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF.
This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Mostly sunny today, high near 25. Snow tonight, low around 19. Snow on Tuesday with a high near 26. A dangerous Arctic blast will continue sweeping across the U.S. and prolong a bitter cold that has set record low temperatures in parts of the country and threatens to further disrupt daily life, including an NFL playoff game and the first in-the-nation presidential nominating contest in Iowa. The National Weather Service's wind chills are expected to push down temperatures through at least midweek, possibly to 30 degrees below zero from the northern Rockies to northern Kansas and into Iowa, testing the hardiness of caucus goers willing to brave the deep chill today. Arctic storms have left at least four dead and knocked out electricity to tens of thousands in the northwest, brought snow to the south and wild the northeast with blizzard conditions. On Thursday, Sheriff Fred Akshar of the Broome County Sheriff's Office delivered the 2023 Corrections Progress Report. In his address, Akshar highlighted the positive changes and reforms that have taken place at the correctional facility over the past year. The 2023 Corrections Progress Report outlines over a dozen improvements that have made the facility a safer and healthier environment for everyone involved. The sheriff commended the hard work and dedication of the Corrections Reentry Reform Advisory Group and the staff at the Correction Facility for their contribution to these positive changes. He emphasized that the facility is now in a much better place and heading in a much better direction than it was a year ago. Authorities say a fourth person has died nearly two weeks after a driver crashed an SUV packed with gas cans near a crowd at New York's council goers in western New York. But authorities said Friday they may never know the driver's motive for what they call an intentional attack. Rochester police say 35-year-old motorist Michael Avery spent several hours in parking lots and other spots near the Kodak Center on the night of the fiery wreck, and he had a replica gun along with canisters of gasoline in his rented car. It killed him, two passengers in another car, and a pedestrian. The death of pedestrian 54-year-old pedestrian uh, Don Everett uh, Rivette was announced on Friday. An attorney for an upstate New York man accused of fatally shooting a 20-year-old woman with, who was with a group of friends who accidentally turned into his back country driveway called it a terrible accident involving a defective gun as arguments in his murder trial began. Kevin Monaghan is charged with second-degree murder and the death of Kaylin Gillis. Gillis was out with friends who got lost while heading into another person's house on a Saturday night last April. The group's two cars and a motorcycle mistakenly turned into Monaghan's driveway near the Vermont border. Nearly two years after the Old World Deli closed its doors, a new business is opened at the downtown Binghamton location. The deli at 27 Court Street went out of business in March of 2022. The space that had been occupied by the deli now is home to downtown discount beer and market. The new store manager told WNBF News the business opened in late December. The shop sells beer and soda along with a few basic food items like milk, bread and eggs. The store will increase the number of items it offers in the future and is expected to carry some ice cream items during the summer. The Old World Deli had been one of the oldest businesses on Court Street. 
The deli had been a fixture at the site just east of Boscov since 1979, nearly five years before the department store opened. Opponents of diversity programs are increasingly banking on an 1866 civil rights law meant to protect black people from economic exclusion as a way to challenge corporate diversity and equity policies as well as funding to black-owned businesses. The cases are being monitored carefully as the battle over racial considerations shifts to the workplace following the U.S. Supreme Court's June ruling ending affirmative action in college admissions. While the 1981 section of the Civil Rights Act of 1866 had been well used, used well before the latest affirmation action ruling to prove reverse discrimination, an attorney for a venture capital fund aimed to help black women said that there's a coordinated use of section 1981 now that we did not see before. A commission reviewing how Pennsylvania distributes money to public schools has approved a report that suggests the state is underfunding its districts by more than $5 billion. Thursday's vote on the report by the Basic Education Funding Commission was backed by Democrats and members of Democratic Governor Josh Shapiro's administration. Republicans and one Democrat on the commission opposed it. The result was a vote of 8 to 7. A key recommendation in the report says the state should begin immediately to close the school funding gap of more than $5 billion and phase in the increases over seven years. A separate Republican report was defeated on party lines. That's a look at news for updates on local news, weather, sports, and features. Open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. Good morning, this is Bob Joseph. You're listening to Binghamton Now on a Monday morning on WNBF and WNBF.com, of course. is our number. Feel free to call in and talk to us. Feels good to be running from the devil. Another breath and I'm up another level. It feels good to be up above the clouds. All right, enough of that. Give me Sinatra. Old Blue Eyes. WNBF, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? It's Beverly. Hey, the Green Bay won yesterday. Did they? Yep. And Kansas City won, too. Excellent. Yep. Uh, I got to ask you, is the Buffalo Bills playing today? Yes. They were clean, cleaning the stadium and stuff. Yes, they are. I, I saw a video of a bunch of drunken kids in the stadium because they, they put out the call for anybody who wants to uh, be out there in the 
whatever, minus 20 wind chill with uh, blizzard conditions. They put out a call for anybody who wants to do that and get paid $20 an hour. So inevitably, you get a bunch of drunken Bills fans showing up, and a lot of them were topless. A what? They were topless. They were playing in the snow. This one guy, he didn't have a shirt. He uh, fell into the chute because the way they clear the snow out of the stands out of uh, Highbrow Stadium there is they they put all the snow in a chute and it goes down to field level and then they put it in trucks to haul it off. The guy was topless and uh, it seemed to me based on the way he was behaving he must have been drinking. Could be. He seemed like one of those drunk kids you'd see on um, social media. Well... That's his decisions. He's got to live with it. Yeah, poor choices. I'll bet his parents are proud. Well, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't be proud of my of my son done that. I I make sure that he learned a lesson. Yeah, well, you know. On the other hand, for all we know, his parents probably bought him the beer. I I don't know, but anyways, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I was disappointed. Gives the. Uh, gives the uh, Buffalo Bills fans a bad name around the world. Yeah, well, look what look what Prince Harry did when he came to Vegas. He went to Beyond and, and he was swimming in the hoo-hoo. You know, so I mean... Prince did that? Yeah, Prince, Prince, uh, Prince Harry, yeah. It was on TV... It was on the news, and when he went back to when he went back to England, Queen Queen Elizabeth had a few choicey words for him. Well, yeah. I mean, what would his mother think? So she'd probably be embarrassed. But Princess Diane was the most beautiful woman that that I ever saw. She she did a lot for she did a lot for people. You know, she was a humanitarian. She was a wonderful person. She'd done a lot. Yeah, she was my favorite. Out of all of, yeah, uh, out of all of British and royalty, she fact, was my favorite. I was getting on I I was getting on a plane to go to, to go to Vegas to visit our relatives and really I I didn't care whether if I lost my money or not. I um I hesitated and I hesitated. I really didn't want to go at the time, but I said, you know, uh, that Princess Diane was a traveler, and I could do it in remembrance of her. So I went. Yeah, and she was she was a well respected traveler. But I will say this: she made she a, done a, a lot for people. She did, but and and given. I've always respected her memory, but I still have to acknowledge the final choice that she made was to get into a car. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I believe the guy who was driving that car was drunk. Wasn't the guy who was driving the car that crashed, that killed her, didn't they say he was drunk? I'm not sure, Bob. He may have been. Yeah, well, and so... And then the, I, paparazzi, the paparazzi was chasing her, too. Yeah, but that's... You know, everybody blames the paparazzi and, you know, taking pictures and, and chasing her, but here's... Yeah, well, that's, the, well, that's their job, you know? Right, but. and here's the thing. Here, <laughs> think about this. 
And I know it's not popular to say, but if she just stayed in the car, roll up the windows. Most cars that carry rich people have tinted out windows. So if she just stayed in the car with the tinted out windows and just stayed, they couldn't they wouldn't be able to take pictures of her anyway. So my question is, why did the guy who was driving um, Diana, why did he drive like a maniac and crash his car? I say he was ignorant. Well, I don't know. I mean, like I say, now I have to look it up because, let me see if... It was in 1997, I think. It was. It was uh, August 31st. Wow, it's hard to believe that it's been that long. 20... What's that? 20... I can't do the math. More than 26 years. Um, So let me just see if it says... Because my memory was that the guy... The guy, first of all, whether or not he had been drinking, he shouldn't have been driving like that. We agree, right? You don't drive like that. So what's the... It says she died in a car crash in Paris while her driver was fleeing the paparazzi. So that's the, that's the first mistake. If there are paparazzi around, don't flee them. Just wait them out. Roll up your windows, your tinted windows, and then wait, because eventually they're going to get tired and they'll go home. That's right. That's what I say. I mean, I still don't see what the story is about, about the driver, because his name... I, uh, it says it says they had a, an inquest. They returned a verdict of unlawful killing through grossly negligent driving by uh, the guy who was trying to drive. Well, I don't know. It it's confusing to me. Just, so the Buffalo Bills are playing tonight, huh? Yeah. Well, this afternoon. says uh, the guy lost control of the car at the entrance to an underpass at 1223 in the morning. So there's another thing. You shouldn't be out that late anyway. The car struck a white Fiat. And let's see what else happened. Oh, it's too complicated. But I, I don't understand. I don't. Why were they running? What were they trying to hide? I don't know. It said it said the guy was going too fast. The guy was going too fast through the tunnel. And so she didn't have to die. Yeah, yeah. You know, well. I mean, yes, the paparazzi were bad. But paparazzi that's what paparazzi do. They're bad. We just know that's their job. They take pictures of people who don't want their pictures taken. But if you're famous or a celebrity or whatever, you have to understand that there will always be paparazzi. And what you do to uh, deal with it, you don't give them anything of interest. So you leave wherever they were. I can't remember where they went, were, a hotel or whatever, a restaurant. So you leave the place, you get in your car, you don't make any funny expressions, you don't say anything. You get in the car, just behave like normal people, like us. Get in the car. They have nothing to sell to the tabloids, right? Right. So you don't give them any material. So they go away. Yeah, they're mad, but they still go away. Then you you tell your driver, okay, 
Bob. Now, drive at a normal speed while following all the traffic rules, and let's go home. That's all they had to do. They didn't have to lead the twisted paparazzi on some sort of fatal chase. That was, that's the problem. You think Trump's going to win this year? Absolutely. I have a feeling he will. He's going to go all the way. He's just like the Bills. The Bills are going to go all the way. And he's going to go all the way. This is the year we're all going to remember. Yeah, uh, the world's the 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 Super Bowl is playing in Vegas because we got a we got a friend out there that lives out there, and he's excited. Is he going to the big game? Yeah, he said he was. He Chris said he was. Nice. Yeah. Well, well, he's been out there since nineteen eighty three. Why is why did he go out there? Well, well, uh, I, I, he went he went to a medical school in Michigan, and he and and somebody offered uh, the uh, his internship in Vegas, so he went, and he's been out there since 1983. That's a long time. Well, he must like it. Well, well, his 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 mother and I. We're, we're great we're great friends. She passed away in 2007. She was a wonderful lady. She was German and she was wonderful. And um, at the time my, my, my former brother-in-law and his wife lived out there. so we went out every year to visit. And uh, after he after she died, that was the last time I went out there was in 2007. So we've been out, so I've been out there, so I don't know, probably, I'm going to say 12 times. But I've never been out there. Should I go? Well, well it's up to you. Go as a guest. Don't go as a reporter. Go as a guest. If you do, well, I, don't I don't know, know if I can do that. Everywhere, I, everywhere I, I go, I, I think I'm a reporter. Even if I'm, I mean, anytime I go out of town, I still think I'm some kind of a reporter. Yeah, you know, it's hard. Oh, it's hard right. to to get out of that to get out of that mode. Even if I'm on vacation, if I see something newsworthy, you can bet I'm probably going to take a picture or video of it because. You ever been to Arizona? No, I want to. You know where I want to go? Tucson. Yeah, Tucson is nice. Yeah, I have friends right now. They're in Tucson. You know, they they want me to go. Oh, that's a nice trip out there, but go, but go in, uh, uh, don't go in July or August. Oh, no. Well, no, they're not out there. Trust me. They're only out there, I think, till April. So I, oh. what I want to do is go in February or March. Yeah, well, it's still, to them, it's still 60 degrees out there. They told me, maybe. I, I heard, uh, I think, I don't know if it was a week or two ago, they said it was actually snowing in Tucson. Well, it probably is. So that gets back to the point, though, that the weather machine is broken all, of, all around the world. It is? Well, so... Oh, dear. How are they going to fix it? They can't fix it because there's not enough money. Oh, We're tapped yeah, out. We're tapped out, my friend. I appreciate your call. All right. Have a good day, Bob. You too, Beverly. It's 1123 here at WNBF. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? 
Hello there, Bob. It's uh, Dave from Vestal. Oh, yeah. 11.23 here at WNBF. 11.23 here at WNBF. You there? Oh, so I thought oh, yeah. I heard an echo. <laughs> I... I I, I heard whatever you had on the background sounded like a good radio station. Whoever was on on the, that station sounded very much like me. Oh yeah, you gotta li- you gotta listen to that guy, Bob. He, he he's got some uh, he's got some pretty good ideas. Um, hey, you know, <laughs> I've been trying to follow my uh, my wife's my wife's advice of uh, listen more and talk less. And Bob, for me, you know how hard that is. It's harder than staying on a diet. It's it's tough, but hey, I've been listening. Hey, what do you think of the beach weather we got here, Bob? Only another week, and we'll be back to forty. We don't have to worry. Oh yeah. Well, thanks to yep. global warming. Yeah. Well, you know, a couple things I wanted to cover. I was, I was listening to you and uh, you earlier talking about crime, Bob. And I hate to say this, but you know, you sounded so much like our ex-mayor there. Uh, sympathy for criminals. Don't lock them up for too long. Baloney. Protect the public, Bob. We'll pay for our protection by paying for them with our tax dollars to stay right where they're at. That's the way to do it. We we don't we don't have enough prison them. space. With that philosophy, we, we we wouldn't have enough prison space. Then we'll pay and build, but at least we're protecting. Well, yeah, we can okay. build it, and then we don't have enough money to run it. Because, look, those uh, correction officers aren't going to work cheap. I mean, think about it. If you're working at a state prison filled with the people who've committed crimes, would you work cheap? No. So it's going to cost a lot cheap. of money. I mean, so for Correct. each correction officer, they get paid at least $100,000 a year and more if they work overtime. Right. I mean, well, we don't have that kind of money. What do you think? We're made of money? No, but we have to chip in. Tax dollars, buddy. Tax dollars. We got it. That's all we can do. Bobby, you know, and plus, too, you know, as far as politics go, you know, I've been listening to, (laughs) you hear this a lot, too. Oh, we've been knocking on doors, knocking on doors. Politicians going around knocking on doors. And, and, you know, there's three sounds that I really dislike. And and one's, I hate hearing my phone ring. Uh, my doorbell ring and knocks at my door. So does that really work? I mean, does that really help them when they do that? Because I don't like hearing knocks at my door myself. Well, the main thing is, I don't care if you knock on my door, but you better not call me on on my phone. I paid for that phone. (laughs) Because 50-50 chance, no matter what, ring your bell, knock on your door, uh, call your phone, 50-50 chance the news is not good. Well, of course it's not good. Correct. Correct. You know, so I, I don't have yeah. I don't have time. You know, if they not if they knock at my door, no, I can't finish that sentence because <laughs> okay. some somebody hey. no no doubt is taking notes. So if I finish that sentence, well, you know. Well, yeah, I know. Yeah, and, and last before I go, Bob, I, I was listening to Gary talking to you about uh, Trump, and he's not saying what he's going to do, Bob. He's a businessman. He's not a politician. That should be a great thing. That no, that's what have. scares me. No, I mean, no. look, look at what uh, the Amazon company did. Look at what the Facebook company did. Look at what, look at what these food companies are doing. You you blame what's his face for the inflation? And it's the food companies, PepsiCo, 
General Foods, uh, General Mills, General Chaos. Come on, we can't. But we can't have the country run by a businessman. Uh, there's one major reason alone. Just one, this one reason alone. Protection. He will, if we have him in there, you know he's going to send the military to the border. You know he's going to do that. He's going to end that. And all the, the leaders around the world, will be, they're afraid to say boo to that guy. But we, right, because we have no idea how he's going to respond. He is so unpredictable, and that's what scares people. We will be out of major wars. We will don't Bob, we will be in much better hands. We will feel much safer with him. I know we have to put up with you know but Yeah, I don't want that's the thing. I don't want constant chaos starting January twentieth. We have enough chaos in regular life. Do you and and do three hundred thirty three million Americans want constant chaos for four years starting January twentieth? I say no. I say most people want relaxing, enjoyable, relatively predictable leadership as opposed to some guy who's going to fly off the handle twice an hour. You mean like we got with Biden? <laughs> Come on, man. He doesn't fly off the handles. Protection, Bob. That's the, that's, we'll have protection. Here's, we here, feel here's, much the, safer. here's the important question as we wrap up this important segment on the program. And I, I want you to seriously consider this question. Who has a bigger anger management problem, Joe Biden or Don Trump? You know what, Bob? From what I hear from behind the scenes, it's Trump's or uh, Biden's got quite a temper. He might, but he manages to conceal it. So what I'm saying is, based on public, publicly available information and the actual statements that they've made publicly and things that they've posted on social media, I don't think there's a contest. One person clearly has a big anger management problem, and the other person, maybe he's got anger management issues, but at least he's able to keep it under control so we don't see it most of the time. Bob, I love people that say what they feel. That's why I married my wife, one of the reasons. Very, very honest, says what she means. I love it. All right. Well, keep your eye out on the on the stories because a lot of stories are going to be coming out starting in the next few weeks. And you'll be amazed. 607-772-1290. This is Bob Joseph from Monday Morning, Binghamton Now. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Reserve your new Toyota at Galt Toyota.
WNBF on a Monday morning with Bob Joseph. Go back to the phones. Diana from Shenango Forks. Good morning. You're on the air. Oh, hi, uh, Bob. Uh, Diana, first time caller. Um, I happened to um, call uh, Schumer's office regarding the new battery factory in Endicott. I've never gotten a return call. Uh, I'm unclear on whether they're lithium ion or just ion batteries developed by the uh, two uh, professors from uh, Binghamton U. Have you gotten any follow-up on that? Oh, no. No, I I don't call Schumer's office because I know he won't call back. He doesn't. Uh, Senator Schumer doesn't like me anymore. Uh, the batteries, though, are lithium-ion batteries. Lithium-ion batteries are the type of batteries that they're hoping to make there. And why doesn't China uh, keep the batteries in their country? Why are the politicians pushing more pollution here on uh, the Americans? And uh, already where my cousin lives up in Michigan, that was hush-hush, too, in the town of uh, Marshall, I believe, they're, they're suing. And Indianapolis, they're doing a battery factory there. So Biden's been doing a lot of work pushing us into battery vehicles and destroying our gorgeous cars from the 60s. And uh, I want to know, what are they going to do with the oil, Bob? What are they going to do with the Straits of Hermuz? What is Mobile Exxon? What are they going to go into the battery business, too? Uh, probably. What is, what is the government going to do? They close all the gas stations? And they will. When we, they, they, yeah. Eventually. I mean, not in our lifetime. Don't worry. In our lifetime, the gas stations will stay open. But eventually, I think, long term, their plan is to shut down all the gas stations. I bet in 50 years... Almost all the gas stations in this country are going to be shut down. They'll be gone. It might have a couple. It might have a couple per state, but I bet by then, all you'll have are electric vehicles and charging stations. Yeah, obviously that's the path. But uh, if they succeed, also I wanted you to. I don't know if you know this, but there was a government bus. They're the white buses. I'm from uh, downstate. I'm from the New York area, and we have. Um, the bus, the white government buses out of New York are taking the overflow of these illegal aliens from the Roosevelt Hotel and the field and everything. They shipped some over to Danbury, Connecticut, Hartford, Ridgefield, and now we saw a government bus at Burger King. They dropped off a whole gang of them from Kathy Crime. I call her Kathy Crime Wave Hokel. She didn't tell anybody or who did. Well, she where tell? was the white bus? Which Burger King? Down on uh, Upper Front Street. Oh, okay. They're probably, maybe they have a deal on the Whopper. Maybe they got a good deal, had had some good burgers. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm hungry. It's almost lunchtime. Maybe I'll, you said the Burger King on Front Street? Upper Front. All right. Yeah, right down here. I know yeah. exactly okay. where it is. It's near Exit 6. I'm going to, yeah. maybe I'll go there and, and buy a Whopper and a small fry. Also, I, I um, actually am on the state of Connecticut Ukrainian Committee, and we can't find the 100,000 Ukrainians that were announced on the airwaves that were supposed to get carte blanche to come here. 
we did find a couple from the Ukrainian church here. Uh, one uh, family is taking one in, but they are to go by the immigration law only here for two years, and they have to report to immigration, and they have to be sponsored. They said nothing about carte blanche. So uh, here we are, uh, down county anyway, we're overrun by illegal aliens. I had my jewelry stolen out of our house by hiring one of them, trying to be decent, and the cops never found my, actually I uh, did report if the cops are looking for it now, but it's probably already sold. But anyway, and I wanted to know, did you know about the new FISA law that expired? No, no, I didn't even know it expired. It expired December 31st. Uh, they are renewing it and the uh, national defense law is being before Congress now, they said it would, will be passed when they come back, and they're sticking in a FISA portion at the bottom of the bill that will give the Congress more power to spy on us at the hotels, at your cafe, at your library. I don't know where, but it doesn't sound good. Senator Rand Paul and Rubio are fighting it. I don't know if they're going to win. Um, yeah, it's at the bottom of the law. All right. Well, I, I see a story on it now, so I'll, I'll read up more so I can get a, a better appreciation of what's going on. I, I thank you for your call. Okay. Thanks, Bob. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, bye hope bye. you'll call again. Uh, okay. Bye-bye. 1139 WNBF. We welcome first-time callers. Are you one of those people who for whatever reason, have never called the program, don't be afraid. Call. It's easy. It's like calling a place that you call to order food, like one of those places. Actually, it's better because when you call one of those places, have you noticed it keeps ringing and ringing? Sometimes you don't even get through to the person. Sometimes it answers. There's a recording. That's not the case here. When you call 607-772-1290, a friendly radio host will take your call and treat your call personally. We will guide it from answering the call to putting it on the air, speaking with you, asking a few questions, and then moving on to the next caller. Every call is treated with tender, loving care. 607-772-1290. Bob Joseph. On WNBF. News Radio 1290, WNBF. If not for you, babe, I couldn't even find the door. I couldn't even see the floor. I'd be sad. Eleven forty-three. More calls. More often. Tom and Endwell, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was listening to you last Friday. You had a guy from California call, and you, you know, I was listening to you just a little bit ago. And you know, the things that you say about Trump, I, I can't even remotely 
fathom that you're allowed to even say those kind of things. You know, the president going out in the street and shooting someone like he's the one suggested it. You know, for a it's beyond me why why that guy ever ever would say in public something to the effect and i'm paraphrasing because i don't have the transcript here basically i could go out on fifth avenue and shoot people and my uh my loyal fans would uh would still love me that's that was the essence of what he said that's exactly what he said i can't help it i didn't say it i just i just can't believe that you know and, and, you know, what's funny is that I remember when Trump took office, like a lot of your callers are like, oh, his name calling this, that, and the third. And as soon as Trump announced that he was going to run, they were going after him like no tomorrow. Like no tomorrow. And then the guy from California, you guys were bringing up the birth certificate. Again, you failed to correct the guy. That was Hillary Clinton that went after Obama during their debate over the birth certificate. Yeah, and then it was Donald J. Trump who took it to the extreme. He was on the Fox channel almost every day with the, the birther conspiracy. I mean, come on, man. Even now, he's trying to do a birther thing to Nikki Haley. Come on, man. It's not, it's not going to work. Nobody in their right mind would fall for this strange logic that Nikki Haley can't run for president. She can run, and if she does well in the uh, primaries and caucuses, she might wind up getting the nomination. So she can run, has nothing to do. She's She is truly, truly an American citizen. Well, I think, I think that you liberal, all the liberal voters and all the people that vote for Democrats need to be worried about what's going on now. You know, you got Abbott trying to, like, stop all this immigration flowing into this country. He's getting zero help, zero support, and everything he's trying to do to protect his people, you got the Democrats going after them, after him criminally on it. They don't want the, any migrants shipped out of Texas. They want them there. They're working on getting to, getting to allow all these illegals to vote. Like, that's meddling in the election. I don't care how you look at it, how you want to, like, sway it. That's meddling in the election. You're bringing outsiders in that will fully support you. That's why they shut all the Cubans that were coming over. They didn't want those or the Cubans to come in from Colombia or, or uh, Cuba to save their lives. They, they, they shut them down and shipped them out. There's such a big difference on how they treat certain groups of people compared to the other groups of people, depending on how they feel that they're going to vote. You got all these sanctuary cities that wanted all these illegals in. Now they don't want them. Now they never said they wanted people dumped on them. Don't. There's no city, New York City or Chicago, no city ever said they wanted people brought in by buses and planes. Oh, come on, man. No city ever, ever has said that. They said that they were sanctuary cities. They may be sanctuary cities. They don't want Republican governors playing games with the lives of humans by putting them on planes and trains and buses and then taking them to a place where they don't want to be. And Democrats weren't doing that? I didn't hear of any Democrats shipping people. You, you don't hear of New York City's mayor 
Sending people from the Big Apple down to Texas. You don't hear of New York City's mayor, Eric Adams, sending people on a bus down to Disney World. Come on, man. It's just plain wrong. It's just plain wrong. You don't treat people that way. So so state for the record, the Democrats never ship any illegals throughout the United States. I'm not stating for the record. What do you think? I'm under oath? Who are you to tell me to state something for the record? I'm a talk show host. I'm just talking. It's a show. I'm not stating anything for the record. Because you're lying, Bob. You're straight up lying to your viewers. My viewers know that I stand for truth and the American way. When it comes to truthiness... There's not a single person who's more truthy than I am. Bob Joseph telling the truth as I see it on WNBF every weekday morning on Binghamton Now. WNBF, your quiet islands. That's right. If your quiet island has good music, this is it, baby. Jesse and Uigo, you're on the air. Man, oh man, you have kept your composure on this major manic Monday. Very well done, Big Guns Bob. Hey, it's just fantastic. I'm loving it. I was trying my best to bait Sir Roger Nielski to call in and say, let's go Pittsburgh Steelers, but I guess he's not falling for it. He knows better. Well, we don't have $810 million to invest, so, you know, I guess we're just going to go broke, and uh, we'll see how it plays out. Life is tough, baby. Life is tough. Yeah, but it's a great day, and welcome to the great state of New York where the weather gets cold, and uh, I'm not hearing any complaints about global warming. I talked to my friends in in Hamburg, and... They said, uh, hold on a second. We're trying to decide whether to order some Whoppers or Big Macs. So that's that's what they were doing yesterday in the middle of the blizzard in Hamburg, trying to decide if they should order Big Macs or Whoppers. So, But they did say they, did say they had two feet of snow. Yeah, that ain't jack. Yeah, they don't care. Buffalo, two feet of snow is nothing. So, all right, I'm going to no. try to grab two more calls. Uh, by the way, I was in Owego yesterday. Those kids, I don't know, those kids were playing around over on Fifth Avenue, and somehow they knocked down a tree. They knocked down a tree on Fifth Avenue, and it covered the whole Fifth Avenue street. It was scary. It's, it was a big tree, and it pulled down the wires and everything. It was, oh, I was scared. I must have been on a beer run. I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, it was a real mess. It was even closed last night. It was, trust me, Jesse, it was a real mess. Thank you. Let's see, another call. Hi, WNBF, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? 
My first name is John, and I'm calling from Benton, New York. I just want to uh, warn your uh, listeners that don't lose your uh, United States federal tax return because uh, the IRS will uh, charge you uh, forty-three dollars if to get a duplicate, uh, and but the state doesn't charge you if you, if, you, if they want a duplicate of your uh, state return. Just thought I mentioned it. All right, doesn't seem fair, but thanks for the tip. 11.54, WNBF, good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Joe from Binghamton. Yeah, what's up? I would never call you a liar, brother. I would never call you a liar from the last caller, whoever that was. I but think he was just frustrated. I think he was frustrated with it, the facts. It, well, the facts and the statistics, and I'm a highly educated man, engineer. I look at the facts and statistics and numbers from gun shootings, black and white people, whatever. But there's two lines of truth. It goes right down the line of science. It goes right down the line of politics. You have your truths. I have my truths. And then you have the beliefs. You know, I believe this reporter. I really do. I trust them. But in the 1950s, the reporters were really reporters. They didn't have computers just to read a headline from they don't know where. And with YouTube and everything else, it just amplifies that. I would never call you a liar. I would like to talk to you and have a drink or something and say, well, this is my statistic. You know what I mean? And Biden did ship people overnight all through the government, all through the state. He had no choice. Yeah, but I'm talking about cities. I wasn't talking about Biden. That right. that guy, the, the but, caller who was on before, was suggesting that some cities like New York City, the, the so-called sanctuary cities, were, were sending people against their will to other cities. And I have no evidence that... Eric Adams would ever stoop that low to send, for example, to put some people on a plane from JFK and send them to DFW? No way. He wouldn't do that. You, you, don't, you don't play politics with the lives of people. No, but they do it all the time. Well, they it's not right. Time. Even the American people are played. These people don't give a Hey. Crap about us. <laughs> yeah, well, that may, hey, them. that may be true. I never said they gave a bleep yeah. about, about the American uh, people, you know. Cattle. We are cattle strained by fear. All right. You know what I well, mean? That's what I'm saying. Hey. Both sides. You got to well. pick You got to pick the beliefs and truth that this side's saying and the truth that the other side's saying. That's, that's all my point. Oh, yeah, well. Pay it, all I can say, but all I can say, Joe, is people need to start paying attention. You got to start locally. You got to start low, because these people are going to eventually be trying to help you. But I, I think we're an economy. Humans are economy, and how do you control a human? Is by fear. I don't care if it's global warming. I've done my studies on global warming for fifteen years, and. I do believe it's due to the sun. They right. made up this mathematical problem. All right. Back in the day. Uh, Joe, I appreciate oh. your call, but All we're right. out of time I'm for today. Enough of your time. Yeah, I'm call. Just saying, I can't yeah. call you a liar 
if that's what your truth is. All right. I appreciate your call. I hope you'll call back in. That's all the time we have for today. It's been fun to start off the week, and we will be back here tomorrow morning on WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square.